Hello, I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of Business in Vancouver. We're proud to present this series of 10 discussions with prominent British Columbians in what we call the BIV Business Leadership Series, where they're going to share their views on the impact of the pandemic and how our economy can recover. Our series is sponsored by PwC and by FASCAM. Their messages appear at the start and finish of our conversations, and we're brought to you by UBC Souter Executive Education. All of its programs are running online now until the end of the year, offering an opportunity to engage with faculty and peers in virtual classrooms. Enjoy the conversations. At PwC Canada, our purpose is to build trust in society and solve important problems. And this pandemic is an important problem. It affects us all, both here in BC and globally. At PwC, we're proud to sponsor this series on business in Vancouver to talk about what business leaders are doing and thinking. We've heard last week from Chip, Jimmy, Tamara, Lori, and Peter. Returning to the workplace isn't just about physical places. It's about finding new opportunities. So let's keep the conversation going and hear from our next guests. Thanks so much for joining us today for the BIV Business Leadership Series of discussions with prominent British Columbians about the impact of the pandemic on our economy and the steps our leaders believe are ahead for us. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of BIV. COVID-19, of course, has hit most every element of our economy, but our wide-ranging technology sector actually stands, perhaps anyway, to gain from the disruption to our traditional business practices, whether it's in how we work or live and how we deal with our well-being. One of our leaders in this sector is important to have a conversation with, and one of our province's most experienced executives. Sue Pesh has directed some of our province's leading firms like PharmaSave and Life Labs, and now is guiding the federal digital technology supercluster. Good to have you with us. Thanks, Kirk, and thanks for doing this. Uh, well, I, I wanna get to your first impressions uh, so dial back, uh, you know, a number of weeks here. How did you first respond when you began to apprehend the threat to business of COVID? Well, one of the beauties of working in the in the tech sector and working in an organization like the Supercluster is we're pretty agile, and uh, and there's no rule book. Uh, nobody had a rule book on how does a consortia of 500 organizations respond to a pandemic. So we wrote the rule book. Uh, we, we closed our offices in terms of in-office presence on March 13th. And one week later, uh, we launched to our members uh, our COVID-19 program. So we got approval from our board to invest $60 million in solutions that the tech sector across British Columbia and in fact, across Canada could come up with to respond to COVID issues. In the last two months, uh, give or take, we've received over 500 proposals worth over 1.2 billion. So we responded pretty quickly and so did the sector. Yeah, that's that's agility. That's, uh, I guess, you know, the cliche for it, I guess, is called a pivot. But th that was, th did that end up in a lot of ways reshaping what this supercluster is going to look like, do you think? Uh, I don't think it's going to shape what we're going to look like. It's going to provide further definition to what we've already been doing. So we have, for the last two years, been inviting industry to bring forward proposals to answer and solve for some of Canada's biggest problems, accelerating the cures for or diagnosis for cancer, protecting our freshwater systems, those kinds of things. Basically, what we said to industry is, 
COVID-19 is going to have a dramatic impact on the health, safety, and security of individuals, businesses, and food security. What can you do to help solve some of these problems? And, and so it's really shown that uh, if we go to industry with a very uh, meaningful mandate, industry in Canada will respond. It's interesting, you know, the, the um, I mean, the, the serendipitous quality of this for, for the supercluster, because if this had happened two years ago, you would have been set up yet. Probably if it happened two years from now, you know, your, your activities are already um, differently defined, right? So in a way, this was, uh, you know, the, almost the best possible timing you could have in order to get that kind of pivoting going on. Well, knock when opportunity is there, and if opportunity is not there, create it. I mean, there, we, we, we weren't asked to, uh, to do anything about COVID. Uh, Government of Canada obviously said, uh, this is going to be a problem. Uh, can you, anything you can do? And some organizations across the supercluster family uh, decided there wasn't anything we could do, they could do. But we, we thought, let's, let's let our industry members make that decision. And, and they've spoken in volumes. And, and the solutions that are coming forward are truly remarkable. Global leading. I haven't met uh, any business leader yet who won't say some of this totally surprised me. But what surprised you most about the pandemic? Uh, what surprised me about the pandemic is is its nebulous nature. I think we are, as business, I'll only speak for myself, as a business leader, we see a problem, we want to solve it, and then move on to solving the next problem. What the, what the uh, coronavirus has shown us is that it's going to evolve, and it's going to impact society in ways that we didn't anticipate. The other thing that has surprised me is it has identified both the strengths of British Columbia and Canada, as well as the weaknesses. So on the weakness side, we certainly know that we have a glaring gap in how we care for the elderly. Yeah. I'm getting there fast, so I need to make sure we clear uh, close. <laughs> uh, uh, on, the, on the positive side, we are seeing creative solutions, whether it's in the manufacturing sector and i will say closer to home the creativity the ingenuity and the practicality with which industry is responding has actually surprised me we did not expect 500 proposals in under three months yeah that that is uh like true agility and and do you believe that uh, that what it's what the pandemic is already doing is that it has made a lot of businesses just instantly become more accelerated instantly more decisive, um, even more willing to fail quickly in all of this? Well, I think one thing we've seen in the past is, is in a lot of traditional industries, we have our operations model or our industry or our company. And then over here, we have an innovation department or the technology department that sort of stands as a, as a department outside of our company. We even talk about it in the way we talk about the economy. We have all these sectors and then we have the technology sector. What, what COVID has taught us is that technology is woven through all parts of our organization, whether it's employee engagement in the HR element, whether it's customer service 
and, and getting our products or services into our customers, whether it's our operations or whether it's our marketing, technology is going to make us faster, better, stronger. And the companies that will come through COVID successfully and in a position to grow are the ones that, that realize that technology will help every element of their business. It's not an add-on when you have time to pay attention to it. One of the areas that I, I want to get specific with you about it comes as a result of what the Prime Minister has been saying in the last couple of weeks, which is we need to be ready for a second wave if, if it comes. And one of the ways we have to do that is we need probably a, a better system of contact tracing, testing and contact tracing. With that, obviously, you know, we'll probably come some apprehension people will have about the degree to which we're trading some of our privacy in this sector. Um, and yet I've also seen things where people have said they want a lot more health data shared. They, they really, they want the best possible care and they want the most intelligent sharing of information about their, their well-being with as many uh, as, as makes sense in all of this. So again, are, are, is the pandemic, you think, reshaping a little bit of public attitudes about this or, or even the prerogatives that we have uh, with the public in terms of sharing data? Uh, yes, yes and no. I, I actually think in the context of uh, individuals' uh, willingness to share their own information, I actually think the population is further ahead than some of our policymakers. And I say this coming from a background in healthcare, where uh, in a former job, we allowed in, uh, individuals to get access to their test results online. Yeah, life labs. Do it all the time. Yeah. At life labs, you do it all the time. So do millions of Canadians. Uh, that was not an easy uh, initiative to implement because of concerns, appropriate concerns at the policy level about whether that kind of information should be made available online. I think if we look at Canadians' habits in respect of of banking and online banking, probably the second most private information next to our health information, people are pretty, pretty prepared to share information. So I think there's a balance that is, uh, is coming into play here, where as individuals, as employees, as employers, as communities, we know that we need to have information available to keep us safe and healthy. So that if we have come into contact with someone uh, who's had the virus, most individuals would want to know that so that they can protect themselves and they can protect their families and others. Um, having said that, there are parameters uh, in respect of how much should government or other bodies know about where we go and what we do. And, and that's the balance that is being uh, navigated right now. And I'm, I'm really confident that we're going to find that balance. And, and I think COVID has... Uh, I don't think COVID has changed really uh, public's perception that much because, I, as I said, in finance and in health already, there's been a fair degree of of, uh, of openness. But I do think it's helping policymakers realize that we can maintain our values of privacy and confidentiality and share necessary information to keep ourselves healthy and safe. Yeah, well, you would know, you know, obviously, as a as a recent health care executive, 
um, about the time that things take. And so I'm, I'm also asking a lot of the business leaders in this series how long they expect the, this piece that we're now in to, to endure. Is it, you know, are we looking still at a year or a year and a half, two years? Or have you in your own mind budgeted the, the time that you think we're going to be in this, you know, abnormal situation? I'm not sure it's necessarily abnormal. Uh, the answer to that question for me is, you know, how long is a piece of string? And, and, and while I think we need to accept that there are going to be phases in this current pandemic, so we've, we've been living in the reaction to the coronavirus from a health perspective, as well as from an employment and survivabil survivability perspective for Canadians. And now we're going to move into the new definition of the economy. But is there going to be a day when we wake up and say, okay, it's all over and we can go back to whatever we were doing on March 12th? I, I'm, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and I think when one thing we're seeing from the researchers, both domestically and internationally, is that this is, uh, this is a virus that knows how to evolve and adapt and we hear things about a second spike in the first wave. We hear things about a second wave. We're not sure how this virus is going to evolve. And so until there is a, a fully fledged vaccine, I think we're going to be in uh, definitions of new normal that we hadn't anticipated a few months ago. I also think that some things that people have learned through this new environment are going to redefine how we live, work and play. You know, there's sure. a lot of employers that are, and a lot of employees that are saying, actually, I'm quite productive at home. Mm -hmm. And and there's a different kind of balance that I'm getting in my life from working at home. Some of it's good, some of it's not good. Some some employers are working way hard, way, way more and way harder. Uh, but I, I don't think that we are going to go back to March 11th, 2020, uh, anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you think business practices might change? Well, I think digital transformation has risen to the top of the list. It was a, it was on the list for business, government, policy leaders. I think it's at the top of the list for businesses that want to succeed. Uh, and and whether it's expanding your customer service or whether it's changing how you uh, how you produce your uh, your products, uh, deploying digital technologies is going to define your success and the success of sectors and, and industries. That's one thing. The second thing is um, I think we have a, a different appreciation of the importance of a sustainable, fast-moving, practical healthcare system. And I think we've realized that some parts of our system are excellent and other parts of our system need to adapt and they need to adapt fast. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, and we've really learned this in the supercluster, We've sometimes had a bit of a triangle of speed, quality, and, um, and practicality. And we've lived in an environment, certainly I've lived in it in, in other, other sectors, where you could go fast or you could get it right. And they were, they were kind of irreconcilable um, mm -hmm. elements that, that could never be combined. We have seen both in our supercluster as well as in other parts of of the economy and how we've responded to the virus, we can act very fast. We can deliver outcomes without sacrificing quality or due diligence. To me, that's magic in a bottle. One of the things that the Canadian economy has been 
characterized by is is that we're kind of slow right. um, to adopt. Not, not, we're not as productive. We are not productive. We're slow to adapt to change. We are slow to adopt technologies. And one thing that the coronavirus has shown us is that we can act quickly um, without sacrificing due diligence or quality. And we have to keep that mindset. Well, and you would know too that, you know, if Canada gets knocked a little bit for its lack of productivity and competitiveness and all that, British Columbians, we, we have this reputation out there of being laid back and people want to lay on the beach and be out in the ocean all day kind of thing. Um, how do you think British Columbia is going to adapt? You know, I, I actually think British Columbia uh, is a, it has been an industrious, inventive, innovative uh, population since um, forever, but certainly for the last several hundred years. We, we are a, a really well-respected technology innovation ecosystem. Uh, what, we, what we are challenged with is being bold. So I actually think we are, um, we are capable of working and, uh, and, and I think we've shown that in, in previous generations. What we tend to be is a little small and conservative and self-effacing in our thinking. And again, another thing that the coronavirus hopefully is gonna embed in all of us is being big and bold and ambitious is the way to go. And uh, and if you take a step, you implement an idea and it doesn't work, then course correct. But don't spend five years planning for the perfect project. Get your project launched, try it, beta test it, go small, then scale it. Um, that's the kind of thing that I, I hope we can do more of in British Columbia and we can start to scale some of our incredible technology companies and leverage and deploy some of the BC made technologies across the country and around the world. It's, it's there for us now. So just to, to follow that, I mean, what do you see as the, as the real business opportunities now? In a time ahead? Well, I think in terms of, of both um, industry and government uh, put technology adoption at the front of the list. So we've had a policy, a little bit of practice of, of focusing on scaling small companies, but small companies don't scale if they don't have customers. So let's start putting customers in the picture when we talk about technology. So get technology transformation, get digital implementation as a, as a priority in your company, in your industry, and for the province. So that's one. A second thing, and we've learned this through the supercluster over the last two years and certainly over the last three months, collaboration is uh, difficult for some. It produces better results than any organization can deliver on its own to big problems. So, so let's, let's bring organizations together around problems, whether it's climate change, whether it's talent, and let's solve problems collaboratively and together rather than have 15 different solutions all coming to the table, none of which are, are as good as the collective. Uh, so, so I think those two things are really going to be imperative. And again, from what I've seen in the last three months, British Columbians are, are ready to rise, rise to that challenge and, and meet it. Uh, last, last point, um, and I'm asking everybody this uh, throughout the series, how are you taking care of yourself? 
Yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm fortunate that my family uh, lives in British Columbia, so we are we are a very close family. Um, being physically distant has been extremely difficult at the beginning, especially being a new grandmother of a of a one year old, uh, and being physically distant um, was difficult. So we're now a Zoom family, mm-hmm. uh, and perfected that. So so staying connected to my children. And my granddaughter um, and, and my extended family has been really important. Uh, getting away from the computer. Uh, I'm I'm an exercise person, and I love the outdoors. I'm in love with British Columbia's outdoors. Uh, being outside and being able to enjoy the fresh air, rain or shine, uh, and being able to do it uh, at any point of the day has been uh, really really helpful. Uh, I, I'm actually eating healthier, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, we've adopted a, <clears throat> excuse me, we've adopted an approach of actually eating dinner together, my husband and I, which may sound very boring, but it's actually. No, but I, I think a lot of people are suddenly, you know, on a first name basis with their spouse all of a sudden. Yeah, we've uh, reintroduced ourselves uh, yeah. to each other, and and we're cooking dinner together, and uh, and and there's a connectivity across our entire family that is um, is really quite magical and I, I want to hold that. Yeah. Uh, well then uh, let me follow with one more uh, personal question. And then that's what do you feel you've learned about yourself, Sue, in this period? Uh, I really love what I do. I, 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 I love bringing people together to do things that haven't been done before. So while the COVID pandemic created a lot of anxiety and understandable angst across the country. Personally, I looked for the opportunities. I looked for the chance to actually address things. And and I find it really exciting to do things that haven't been done before. There's no rule book. I I probably live my life in an environment or creating environments where there's no rule book. And so I I really enjoy that. Uh, I am a... um, a diehard British Columbia fan. And uh, while I'm deeply sad that my daughter's wedding in Montana has been canceled, I am excited that our family is going to spend the summer exploring parts of British Columbia that I roamed in as a child and and we're we're gonna try and get our family out there. So I've learned again to fall in love with the beauties of this province and and I and I've learned to take a lot of comfort and joy in small things. In in the pre-COVID world, uh, a lot of us had our calendars uh, boxed hour by hour, minute by minute. And uh, and what I've really tried to do is 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 be excited when the rose blooms on the on the uh, on the sun deck or. Yeah, I did have I did have a, a close encounter with a bear the other day, which um, which I didn't enjoy, but it reminded me again of just how precious um, our environment is. So I, I, those are the three things I said I've, I, I think I've learned about myself. Yeah, very nice. Well, stay safe. Keep away from yeah. the bears. They're they're Thank not good you. for your health. They're really not good for your health. Well, they're good for our environment, but they're not good in close encounters. <laughs> yeah, from so. a distance, they're wonderful for our environment. Good to have you with us today. Thanks a lot for your time. Thanks for doing this. Thanks a lot. Take care. And uh, thanks for all the good work that BIV is doing. You're a a cornerstone of our our economy and you're a cornerstone of our community. And and, uh, thank you for doing this. And thank you for continuing to get your publications out online and in our hands. 
Yeah, well, keep talking for 20, 30 minutes on that if you want. No problem. No, I think we'll cut off there. Thanks for your time today. See you again. Thanks, Kurt. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stupesh is the CEO of the Digital Technology Supercluster. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of BIV. Thanks a lot for watching. Thank you, everyone, for attending today's very interesting session. I'm Will Westring, managing partner of Faskin's BC region, which includes our downtown Vancouver and Surrey locations. Faskin is a Canadian-based international law firm with offices across Canada in London, England, Johannesburg, South Africa, and Beijing, China. We are BC's largest law firm and have been serving this province's business community for over 130 years. At Faskin, we provide a full range of legal services, including assisting clients in relaunching their operations and implementing COVID-19 business recovery efforts. Please call us or visit our website for information on all the services we provide, including our COVID-19 Knowledge Centre. We really are in this together. Thank you.